Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi and Jordan are here today to talk to you guys a little bit more. How are you, Jordan? Doing good. Good. We talked about books last time, but we're going to talk specifically about cookbooks today. Yes. So do you have any new cookbooks or yeah. old cookbooks you've rediscovered? <laughs> well, um, yes to both of those. So first, um, I'll tell this one first. So my mom, whenever Jared and I got married, put together a cookbook for me where she wrote out on note cards, all of our family recipes, things that she made frequently or things that my grandma made or whatever it may be. So I had, um, this little book with note cards. It was like a photo album, but she had put in all the recipes into the cookbook. Um, so it was falling apart and I got a new photo album to keep them all in. So I just recently like categorized and they weren't categorized. So I had to like flip through all of them to find the one I was looking for. So Mm -hmm. I just reorganized all of them and like put all their breakfast ones together, put all the desserts together, put all the breads and all that. So that is my rediscovery of cookbook. And I guess my tip, um, uh, a photo album works really good for note cards. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then I'm going to put little tabs on the side so I can like easily mm-hmm. flip to whatever category that I'm looking for. I have a binder that's like that basically. Yeah. And then um, new cookbook, a few episodes back, I was talking about how I wanted the Prairie, what is it called? Not Prairie, Pioneer. Oh, uh, This Pilgrim Life. This Pilgrim Life. That's it. Yeah. The new, the This Pilgrim Life Instapot cookbook. Um, and Jared is our editor for the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, and he's sweet to me, and he bought it for me. So, Oh, yeah, because he heard nice. us talking about it. That's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, I have that, but uh, I also talked about on the podcast how I was freaked, freaked out about if there was Teflon or not. <laughs> so um, my conclusion was I think... It, it, it is. It is a sort of a form of Teflon in the crock pot, Instapot. So I gave that away to a friend who was very oh. to have it. <laughs> um, hopefully she won't get dementia. <laughs> um, and I am going to order a new Instapot, which I still haven't done because I still can't decide if I need the six or eight quart, which I think I just need to get the eight quart. Jared keeps telling me to get the eight quart, but I'm cheap. And I'm like, are you sure? But our family is growing and multiple people in my home are going to be men. So (laughs) you should do it. The bigger one. I know I do. Yeah. I need to just bite the bullet and get the eight quart, I guess. You have the, you have the eight, don't you? Eight or 10. I think I have the eight because I didn't know they had the 10. Yeah. You have the eight. How can you put two chickens in yours or one? Could you fit two whole chickens in yours, you think? Um, I've never tried, but okay. I don't think you could. No, okay. I don't think so. Because when you, at least the way I've always cooked a chicken is up on the trivet. So it, yeah. it's not even reaching the bottom. So yeah. it lifts it up a little higher. Yeah, okay. But so, like side I don't know. Side, you couldn't put two in there? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, it's not that big. No, probably not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on your chicken size, how big your chicken is. But Yeah, that's true. Too. That's true. Definitely a couple Cornish hens would do the trick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably something small yeah. like that you could. Um, but. So anyway, yeah, that cookbook I really, really like. I love, okay, here's things that I love about a cookbook. 
whenever there is a picture on every page showing what the recipe looks like. I really appreciate that. I love that. And in that one, there is on every page or almost every page, a picture of the meal. Okay. So it makes me very happy. I also like it when a cookbook will lay flat on the countertop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh -huh. Important to me. Important to me. <laughs> but also the recipes that I have looked at and tried um, have been good or look good. I've made the beans and rice <laughs> really good. Oh, good. Yeah. I think, um, I think Paige has actually rebound books for that exact reason. She's like, Paige has them spiral bound if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally understand that because it is annoying whenever they won't lay flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. Do you have a new cookbook? <laughs> um, yeah. So I picked this one up a couple weeks ago. It's not like new. It's new to me. We'll put it that way. So it's called French Farmhouse Cookbook. Um, and we're kind of trying to pursue the all things French language and culture this year at home. And actually it's working out great because in Ambleside we're studying um, about the Normans. So this one's really cool though, because it doesn't have pictures though. So it's French. This is my first actual French cookbook and it's pretty intimidating and there's no pictures. <laughs> so oh I don't really know what to do. <laughs> but so sometimes um, are you like, I don't know what that meal is. And I also don't have a picture. <laughs> yes. I wish I could. And they're all like the titles are in French, but there was an example of one that was a whole chicken. It was like a chicken from one region of France. And this is why I like it. Cause there's like a lot of history. They were had white feathers and blue feet. And this type of chicken was always cooked this one way That's cool. where you would roast, you would like brown both sides. Mm -hmm. You would saute your vegetables. You'd make a pastry puff. Then you'd roll that out, put the sauteed vegetables on top, put the chicken on top, and wrap the pastry puff around the chicken and cook the whole thing. What? <laughs> so I'm like, what is this? It called? doesn't sound hard, but I also don't know how to even picture it. To know no. How to <laughs> I don't know how so, to. Is the chicken laying down, like breast up in this oh, scenario? Gosh, I wonder, I wonder if I can find it. I don't remember exactly. Wow. But. And Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is really crazy and sounds good. Yes. And it's all like, it's all farmhouse. So they're all pretty rustic recipes. So it yeah. doesn't have to, it's not like necessarily gourmet, mm -hmm. but, and I like that it's mostly um, like pantry items. I'm not necessarily yeah. having to go find weird things, mm -hmm. but it's been kind of fun. Just, you know, part history, part food. That's cool. Trying to get, we're at that slump of like, I'm sick of eating tomatoes. I want all the winter food. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just oh. sick of all plants right now. I'm just done. <laughs> That's like your idea for that one podcast. I'm like, that sounds good, but let's wait till January, February. <laughs> I don't even want a mom. I don't even want a mom this year. Don't even give me any moms. I know. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I'm yep. pretty sure. So I have all the butternut squash growing great in my garden. It's not quite ready to be picked yet, but I'm pretty sure I've got a squash bug that's come and is wreaking havoc. Cause I'm like, why are all my leaves getting gross looking? I'm pretty sure a squash bug came. Would that be the first time that you're having squash the bugs? Season, the season, which I made oh, a far. Okay. years okay. in the past, I have dealt with squash bugs, but this year, this has been the first one, which I feel pretty darn good about because it yeah, that's, that's really good plant in my garden. Um, but anyways, that sounds like a really good cookbook and I'm interested in that. You've got to make that custard from that. Uh, yes. One. Oh my gosh. It was so good. And I don't feel bad about eating that for breakfast because it's literally like cream, eggs, and honey. Yes. This is breakfast food. <laughs> yeah. Where did, did you find it in the baby food cookbook? Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where I had it too. What is it? Feeding 
what is that called? Nutrition, uh, uh, it's like baby and nourishing traditions, babies. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but it's the custard one. It's right under brains and liver. (laughs) I just got, there's a new one in the series. It's called, cause you know, there's like nourishing broth, all that stuff. But the other one, it's called, um, the fourfold path to healing, I think. And I've talked before, I think I've talked before about how I, I read, um, I don't remember the title right now. It was about a, from the medieval time period about medieval medicine when Christianity was basically at its height and Christians were the ones treating people medically. Um, and so there were, there are some concepts from the medieval time period that are in this new book that they have put out in their series. So I'm excited to check it out. I still want to get that <laughs> slow medicine one that you told me about. Yeah. It's yeah. the other one. What is it? Oh, God's Hotel is yeah. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the I other book in her series. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, on this topic. So I've been drawing herbs from my herb mm-hmm. garden and it's been going great. I've been using the dehydrator. I, I hung some, which is fine, but anything hanging around my house gets knocked down and, oh, you know, so the dehydrator is more of like a safe location to dry my herbs. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so is it still retaining all the nutritional value if I do it that way, as opposed to like just eating it fresh? Well, it does change a little bit, but, and it also changes like based on length, how high the heat is, mm-hmm. the sunlight, and that all of those changes, it's kind of like you're knocking down the medicinal value, the more, right. does that make sense? Yeah. So like fresh is best. And then like, however close to that you get. Yes. Okay. I, that's my understanding of it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's gotta be better than like, if I went to Kroger and buy a bottle of it, bottle of it. Well, and I mean, I was, I even talked about this on my stories this week. Yeah. That's we don't buy everything organic, but part of why I do organic herbs specifically is because non-organic are, I think the term is irradiated. Mm -hmm. So that specifically takes all the medicinal value out of your, your cooking. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So just having them, even if they're just, they look old and crusty and dusty, Mm -hmm. they're still probably better than your store-bought ones that are not organic. That's my thought. Yeah. Um, someone sent me a video that you can actually freeze herbs. Have you ever done this before? I haven't, but I have seen them frozen. And I'm curious if that would be better or worse in keeping the nutrition nutrition yeah i don't know that's a good that's a good point um i know so i know that like part of why you blanch before you freeze is that that somehow stops the nutritional breakdown so i'd be curious how that translates over to herbs just because you can't necessarily blanch herbs right yeah in the video so literally know. just like packed them in a mason jar and put a lid on and yeah that's kind of what i've seen before. that was the gist of it I'm like, hmm, I might try some of that. I don't know what it would thaw like. I feel like it would thaw just like a mushy mess. So you should go look up Whole Fed. I think it's Whole Fed Homestead. Whole Fed Homestead. She has a highlight about her herbs. She makes um, a blend and keeps it in like one of those little, they're like the little deli jars, kind of the plasticky ones. Mm -hmm. And I thought the same thing. I thought it would just freeze as a clump, but it totally doesn't. They're totally fine. Huh. So it doesn't seem like they, is it, is it called flash freezing when you have to freeze them separate and then put them all in a clump so they don't clump up? Like fix them on a, a cookie sheet or something and then? Yeah, I don't, you don't have to do that. Yep. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Huh. That's cool. 
So yeah. we actually do have a topic that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yes. Sorry, food. We could go on and on about food forever. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about ministry outside the home. And we have yeah. touched on this topic a little bit here and there. Um, we did one that was called um, <clears throat> The Temptations for a Platform. Um, when it relates to women who husbands are pastors and the temptation to um, basically speak um, when offered the opportunity. Not that that's always wrong, not saying that, but just the temptation that it can be. So anyways, we thought today we'd talk about um, all types of ministry outside the home and and where our boundaries lie for that and um, how we think through opportunities and um, biblically what we think about it. So, you know, Mm -hmm ministry outside the home. Yeah. What was it that made you originally think about this? Um, I had a conversation with a friend and then also there's a chapter in the fruit of her hands. That's really, um, really good. Oh, this, oh, this was a good paragraph. I was thinking about reading. Um, she's talking about a woman's orientation to marriage and kind of, uh, priorities and mm-hmm. the episode on priorities too, where we kind of laid out our priorities and how that helps us think through um, when and what we're going to do when opportunities arise. But she said, we must determine to be obedient to the word of God, no matter what it says with no compromises. This is what it means to be a woman of the word. We must find out what the Bible teaches about marriage, about children, about men and women and their roles. Um, you could say here about (laughs) ministry opportunities or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then we must be obedient with no apologies, no matter what the cost. Is this radical Christianity? No, this is basic, basic Christianity. (laughs) And I thought that was a helpful line um, because the Bible does have things to say about a woman, what a woman should be doing with her time. Yeah. So um, I think that we should know what the Bible says about a woman's role and her priorities and what mm-hmm. God wants her to be doing with her time, know what it says, and then be unapologetic about it and stick to it. And don't try necessarily to um, think, oh, but maybe it could mean something else, or maybe contextually it doesn't actually mean that. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. maybe God, God knew in 2020 that that was going to be in the Bible. So we got to do something with it. Yeah. Uh, So I think that being solidly grounded in what God has to say about women and Mm -hmm. what to be doing helps us to know what we should do when opportunity arises for ministry. And when I say ministry outside the home, I don't only mean like going and speaking at a women's conference. That's not what I'm talking about only. Um, Although that can be included in what we're talking about. I'm also talking about like bringing a meal to someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Almost that maybe. Um, or, um, serving in the church in one way or another. I'm just talking about all ministry that is in your family and home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, we just read Proverbs 31 this morning in the Bible reading challenge. And I was just kind of struck by the idea that, um, it seems as if she, like, we know that she had reach outside of her home, Mm -hmm. but it seems as if those within her home were not just basic needs met but like over and above so well fed, clothed, cared for. Um, Obviously they praised her in the gates for that. And then after that, it seemed like her reach overflowed from there. And something I tweeted about this morning was just how, if, if we forget that our ministry as women has to start in the home and then lead overflow to the outside, and we're just trying to go to the outside first, 
is going to do harm to both <laughs> your in-home ministry and you're never going to be as effective as you could be outside the home mm -hmm. as if you had started first in the home. So, I mean, we just need to, and I told you this too, like the reason we have to con constantly talk about this is this is how our culture is constantly tempted. Yeah. Constantly tempted. Yeah. We, Lexi and I talk about a lot, um, domestic arts, child rearing, um, wifely callings. Um, so I thought that it may be good for us to talk about ministry outside the home um, because we both do some things, um, some writing. I, we bring meals to people. We host. We do, we do a lot of things that aren't only for our families. But mm -hmm. like you said, um, our, fam our families, our husbands and our children, our homes are our first priority because um, we feel like that is the way that God has set it up. And um, God, in his infinite wisdom, did that. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't because he thinks that women are um, less capable than men or anything like that or, or because, like, our mental capacities are less or anything that a feminism, yeah. feminist may um, try to have you believe. But it's because God is wise and he set it up that way. And um, I know that in seasons of my life when I have overextended myself at the expense of my home, it has been extremely stressful and unhappy periods. And it's because God is wise and he knows the way that a family should operate and the way things that should, the way things yeah. should be set up. And yeah. ultimately we should rest and trust in that and be at peace. Like God is mm -hmm. smarter than we are and he set things up in a certain way and we should be okay with that. Like yeah. our fulfillment, our satisfaction, all those things. It's okay. God set it up that way. So we should trust that in him and in his, in obedience to him is the best way that we can live. Yeah, I think the story of history is um, Satan wanting to destroy the image of God and God's seed in the world, basically, down through the line of generations of Christians. And so what that means today is that it, it's what it's meant throughout all of history is that children are always the victim. And I think it's something that if you guys are women, you need to be aware of the fact that the first person who's going to be the victim, we want to victimize ourselves the first person who's really the victim in your home is your children. Hmm. You are to snap at them quicker. They are to get the last of your energy when you're running around all day with other people. They, you're, they're not getting, they're going to miss out on a full <laughs> childhood, you know, and, and I don't mean a full childhood in the sense of they're not going to get to do all the five extracurricular activities because mom helps out in this one way once a week. Hmm. I mean, they're not going to have you at home sitting beside them in a lawn chair while they play in the dirt. Like the, there are things that you are taking from your children when you decide to overextend yourself outside the home. So I just think that's something to be very aware of is the children can't defend themselves. And that's part of what we're there for as mom. Yeah. Okay. So when opportunity arises for ministry outside the home for you, what are, what are some like checklists in your mind that you run it through? Um, or I know you've talked about before lanes that someone has talked mm -hmm. to you about before. Um, so walk us through what goes on in your mind when you have an opportunity for ministry outside the home to determine yeah. if you want to do it or not. Um, I will say I'm in a very, what's the word? I don't do much outside the home. I don't even scaled go to back. park much right now. <laughs> yes, I'm very scaled back right now. Um, I think the the top two things I have to look at is because of how weird Brian's schedule is, um, is he even available to be with my kids? Cause I'm not super willing to find babysitters for my kids for me to just go do other things. 
after that, usually he's not available. <laughs> so usually as of right now, that's why I don't do much. Um, after that though, I have to look at what are the other things that Brian has going on the different nights of the week? Because for us, you know, Brian takes one night of the week to go work on a, a side gig of business. Um, we have one night of the week usually added to hospitality. So that's already two nights of the week that are gone. Um, so I want to be home a lot. And so if, if half of the week is already gone because Brian or we are doing other things, I'm more likely to just say no. If there is absolutely nothing going on that week except one night of hospitality, then I will usually say yes. But I am so bad at this, Jordan. I mean, even recently, I was, I was helping to host something and I just... I don't know. I'm not as detail oriented. So I forget all about the other little things that are happening in the week. Um, and it was fine. It all worked out and it was an enjoyable time, but I have to be way more likely nowadays to just say no, even if I think it's going to work out because I don't know if Cyrus going to sleep that night. I don't know if yeah. Brian wants to stay home yeah. with the crying baby who won't take yeah. a bottle, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, those are my two main things is what is, is Brian's work schedule conducive to this? And then what are the rest of our nights of the week looking like? Because for me right now, it's mostly nights that mm -hmm. I can dedicate to doing other things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think different seasons of life will provide for different um, capacities as well, yeah. obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not saying that, you know, if your children are grown and you have an opportunity to do yeah. something and you have the time yeah. that you should not. Um, yeah. It's definitely not that. But um, for us, we are both in scaled back. Yes. I'll keep using the, the <laughs> quaint term scaled back seasons of life. Um, but if me, my, my kind of checklist that I run through is, am I fulfilling my first priorities. So mm -hmm. I run through my prayers like, okay, does my, you know, well, I'll go through like, I don't do this every time, but ideally this is what my mental um, train would be checklist. like. Yeah. Checklist would be like, so uh, like my relationship with God, that is my first priority, my mm -hmm. husband, my children, my home. Um, and then it runs into ministry outside the home. So like are, mm -hmm. are all of my top priorities being taken care of at that time? Like, mm -hmm. am I feeling behind on any of those four things? Because if so, mm -hmm. then I shouldn't take on anything else in that, yeah. in that season. And I shouldn't feel bad about not taking on any of those, yeah. any of those things in that season, because I know for sure that these are all things that God has called me to yeah, without question. Um, whenever new opportunities arise, that is the opportunity that is in question. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to sacrifice like my for sure callings and duties because I think maybe God may give me an opportunity yeah. just because it seems like a good thing to do. Doesn't mean that God has ordained it. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's important to distinguish just because there's an opportunity there doesn't mean like this is for sure the will of God for me that I take yes. it on. Because, yeah, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah, and and just because because you know it is easy to think that well I would have this opportunity to share the gospel, so it must be what God wants me to do, and mm -hmm. that's not always the case. If it is a sense yeah. of more clear callings that God has given me, yeah. um, yes, sharing the gospel is fantastic, and when God gives you opportunity in your sphere of influence, do it, obviously, but don't forsake your first priorities 
to mm-hmm. go off to a side priority. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's my first thing. Am I fulfilling my um, first priorities faithfully? And then um, something that Nancy Wilson talked about in this chapter of the book that um, is a new thing for me that, uh, that I will also add to my mental checklist is, is my husband um, in this in a way that he will still be my head leader and protector in this matter? And yes. she talked about how she will not do speaking engagements that her husband is not also there. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's at, like at a women's gathering, she will go where he's yeah. also speaking so that he can be there as her head and protector in the matter. And I That's feel really that good. fantastic um, yeah. to think through uh, just, just not being separate from him in, in mm-hmm. that way, because it can lead to a lot of hazards and pitfalls <laughs> yeah. you don't want to yeah. get into. So um, I am thankful that God gave me a head to protect yeah. him. And, and I know that women are more gullible than men. So I want my husband to be there with me in any, um, any kind of a quote, unquote, ministry opportunity because mm-hmm. I want him to protect me and um, to lead yeah. me in these ways. That's really good. I have kind of an example of that. Um, we just uh, planned out a whole 12 month, I guess you could say curriculum of domestic skills that we're running our women through at the church. And I knew, like, there's no way I'm going to be at an event once a month. Okay, there's no way. So I, what I kind of did was, I, I, when we made the schedule, I asked Brian specifically, what are the topics you want the women to be trained in? And then which of those do you want me to specifically be the ones teaching? Mm-hmm. And um, they were, some of them were different ones than I would have picked for myself. But I liked that because it was still allowing him to be the voice, the pastoral voice mm-hmm. yeah. in our women's ministry mm-hmm. while I'm there as the representative. Yeah. And because, because he is 100% for me being the one teaching that he knows, okay, this Wednesday night of the week, I am with the kids because I value this enough that she needs to go teach the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do, I do try to get his, and that's kind of unique as a pastor's wife, I suppose. But um, if you're not married to a pastor, ask your husband, like, are there any things outside the home that you think I should be doing? If so, what, what do you yeah. see that I am uniquely um, equipped to go and do? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and then I think the last thing that we should consider, and, or maybe this should be a first thing, are we violating scripture? Just because an opportunity arose for a woman to be an elder or mm-hmm. a thing like that, that doesn't mean that God would violate um, his word and giving you the opportunity. So I think that anytime that um, you see things like that happening in the world, I think it's just important to remember that uh, God doesn't violate his word, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I can't, I don't need to qualify it a thousand different ways other than God doesn't contradict himself. So Uh, our emotional um, thoughts about a decision are not the compass that we should be. Yeah. Yeah. So don't try to justify it a thousand different ways. God's spoken. We should obey. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, those are some of our thoughts about opportunities for ministry outside the home. Um, I, I think that we should definitely be opening our hand to the poor and the needy. Like, obviously, yeah. those are things that scripture talks about, even in Proverbs 31. Um, so we shouldn't be ignoring the needs of others. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes that means that we're stretched thin. Like, that doesn't mean that we should avoid working hard because our yeah. Correct. It means that sometimes we work harder to meet more need because God opens the door for them. So uh, yeah. we don't avoid sweat. We don't avoid hard work. Um, 
but we also don't uh, let our priorities slip either. So anyways, basically you rely on God's good, strength and wisdom. <laughs> I think one good example of that is um, when I start to feel overextended, I want to just, and I do this fairly often where I'll just get off of social media for like two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> I was telling Brian recently, I feel like I need to go do that again. He, and so I just opt out of something and he was like, no, you just need to use it better. Like figure out how to actually be more effective and use it. So that was really good for me to see, like, I'm actually being more effective now and spending less time on social media right. yeah. than I was when I was spending so much time and was distracted from my kids. Yeah. So I think it's, what is, it's like an organization term where they say like work, I think smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. like that phrase. So apply that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes, sometimes it just means that we need to, you know, waste less time doing something else, you know, yes. and, and like rethink everything that's on our plate and think, okay, I could, I could make margins here because yeah. this is something that I think I should be doing. So anyway. Yep. Constantly <laughs> thinking about this. I feel like I constantly have to be reevaluating. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's something that we are um, more and more inundated with in the Christian yeah. world as well. So it's important to think through these things and, and how we feel and believe about them. So, mm -hmm. and I think too, it's okay to take your personality into um, consideration when doing this, for example, I'm just not, I don't do really well with a lot of like park outings and play dates during the week. And even though that could be like a relaxing, fun thing, I know in order to keep me more effective at home and doing like um, ministry with my husband, such as hospitality, I have to really protect my time outside the home. So I'm the sort of person that would be more likely to say no to those things in order to say yes to other things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I know other women who might have like military husbands who are gone, they can view those like park friendships as a sort of discipleship ministry, but they won't have the hospitality necessarily yeah. because their husband is deployed or whatever. Yeah. So consider for sure, consider how God has equipped you as a woman too. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Are, are you introverted or extroverted? What do you believe yourself to be? Definitely more of an introvert. <laughs> I was going to say introvert, right? Yeah. yeah. I would have guessed that. Yeah. I'm more extroverted. I really like um, having people in my home. I have a really hard time though outside of my home. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so lame, but I just do. It's just how it is. So it's, I always think it's funny because Jared is like the most bubbly outgoing person ever and, he, and he's introverted. I really introverted. loved listening to his podcast with him and Brian because Jared just oozes with cheerfulness. It's so true. <laughs> I haven't got to listen to it yet. I got to make time to listen. I'm to not it. done yet either. Yeah. I'm on like five minutes, in, but even if that's the thing is even five minutes, I'm like, Jared is so happy. <laughs> he is. He really is. He's the happiest guy ever. I love it. All and right. I'm going to say this because he's going to listen to this, but he's done such a good job of like navigating, um, speaking out courageously and doing it in a cheerful manner, but just with fearlessness. So mm -hmm. good job, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> that's not easy to do. <laughs> So. I'm glad you're my husband. Cool. Sparks. Yeah, go listen to their go listen to their interview, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening and have a good day. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless Podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at the shepherdscrook.co.